Welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is show number 216. Happy summer. Happy, what's today? Tuesday, I think today is. Um, proud member of the Education Podcast Network, Voice Ed Radio Canada, and wherever it is you are consuming your podcast. Super pumped to be on, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, one of the things that makes our show unique is that we are live here on Facebook. So I do want to um, say a, a warm welcome to our Facebook audience. And then it replays on uh, all the sites, uh, especially on iTunes. So thanks for tuning in. I hope your summer is going well and I hope you are recharging, refreshing. I put the air conditioner on today. It got hot here in the Northeast. It's in the 90s. So kind of like finally, here we go. So um well, let's get rolling. It is show number 216. I do want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, Particle Men's Face Cream, Particle Men's Products. Here they are. Amarada is your code. Amarada. Uh, check them out. This is the face cream. It is fantastic stuff here. I got the hair thickening shampoo as well. And I also got the body wash here. Particle uh, Men's Face Creams, Men's Products. Uh, great stuff. I uh, use this stuff. I love this stuff. I've been putting the cream on, helping with the bags under my eyes. So check them out. The code is AMARATA20, A-M-A-R-O-T-T-A-20. Uh, highly recommend you checking out Particle Face Products. So, um, and again, if you are uh, uh, on the show here, jump in on the chat and join us. Today, we are going to meet Dr. Chad Dumas. I should have checked, Chad, how do we pronounce that? Is it Dumas or Dumas? But I'm, I, I know you'll correct me uh, when we get started. Um, Chad is an author. Chad is a PLC expert. Here is his book here, Professional Learning Communities. And we're going to talk about the C in PLC. And those are a lot of Cs, right? So let's get started with the opening topic. You know, what are your Cs this summer? So many, so many Cs to talk about. Community, commitment content, caring, collaborative, right? Maybe you were talking about cream. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but a lot of C's to uh, talk about, right? And how are you living these things? How are you doing these things as school leaders? And even if you're not a school leader, right? You're a business person who watches the show, someone who subscribes, right? All of those things are so important in the work we're doing. Uh, and you could go on and on, right? I was thinking about C's, getting ready for the show, uh, and the work that, that Chad is doing, um, you know, so here in the summertime, think about those community, commitment, content, caring, collaborative, right? That's the biggest one there uh, about PLCs and community. Um, so summertime is a great time to kind of build on those. Uh, one of the things I've been doing in the morning, here's my friend Ruby, uh, visualization, right? Affirmation, talking to myself visualizing what I want to happen during the day. So if I could focus on being a better community leader, if I could focus on uh, a content area, bringing people together, uh, those are things that I want to do as a school leader. And uh, being someone who uh, subscribes to PLC and the, and the professional learning communities, uh, it's important. But let's not hear from me. Let's hear from the expert. He is on the road. He is in Houston, and we are going to meet Dr. Chad uh, and I'm excited to have him on. And here he is. Bam. Live from Houston. Live from Houston. And we do not have a problem, Houston. 
<laughs> I'm glad we worked out the technology with those Mac computers, Chad. I always get a little nervous. Welcome to the program. Thank you so very much for having me. It's an honor to join you and uh, your listeners. Yeah. And Chad, correct me. I'm sorry. Is it Dumas or Dumas? You know, it really doesn't matter to me as long as you don't put another S at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is a PG-13 version of uh, Education Leadership Beyond. Uh, but this is Dr. Chad Dumas, and I won't do that. That's, that was funny. Um, Chad, you know, you are a PLC expert. You're a school leader. Uh, you're the author here. Um, how, how did you become an expert in PLC and professional learning communities? How, how did you get rolling with that? Well, thank you. Uh, that's a that's a large title, the word expert. And I don't know if I would put myself in that category. I'm a learner around yeah. professional learning communities and the PLC work. Um, and it started early in my career, somewhere around 99, 2000, 2001. I had some colleagues that shared with me some PDK articles and ed leadership articles. And I thought, oh, man, this this sounds intriguing. Yeah. Um, but it was really kind of vague uh, until I went to a two-day institute with Rick and Becky DeFore, oh, yeah. uh, February 8th and 9th of 2005. Uh, those are the days, like, they're, they're singed in my memory yeah. uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. And I came away from there with such a, a clear vision of what the work actually is and uh, a resolve to make sure that it happens. Because if we want to improve student learning, uh, like there's all these magic bullets and all these fly-by-night things and all these initiatives here and there. And really, when it all boils down to it, if you want to improve student learning, the adults need to be learning. And we learn together in a community, in a collaborative environment, as you were saying with uh, the many C's of a PLC. And so yeah. that's kind of, that's, you know, then the rest of my career has been a student of professional learning communities. What a great thing that you remember the days of the <laughs> workshop. Uh, well, I still have the handouts. So, uh, wow. you know, I can go back and refresh my memory from those, uh, you know, the, the old days of uh, transparencies and overheads. <laughs> wow. And I had a similar experience, Chad, in uh, uh, in Boston. Uh, so I got to meet Rick and Becky, and mm -hmm. and I felt transformed. I felt inspired. Mm -hmm. um, so, what makes it work, Chad? Let's start there. Uh, maybe there's people that don't know what PLCs are and and how it works, but what makes a really effective PLC work? Yeah. So the first thing I always think about with professional learning communities is. Um, the term flew really quickly across the education landscape. And we have that happen in education. We have it in politics and all kinds of things. Like a term catches on and takes off and very few people understand what it is. And I think that happened with professional learning communities that it took off and pretty soon everybody starts calling everything a PLC. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, hey, I have a three o'clock meeting. That's my PLC. Oh, you know, the administrative team, we're going to be dealing with buildings and buses and budgets. We're going to call that a PLC, right? And, and all these teams and times and activities get called a PLC. And, and it's really none of those. Um, team meetings, teams are necessary to create a PLC. But a professional learning community, it's a, it's a culture. It's an environment, uh, Rick DeFord would call it an ethos, where we are engaging in collective inquiry together into our practice and action research um, in ongoing cycles of that collective inquiry and uh, action research, trying to improve our practice and results for kids. 
Um, and so that's like, that's, that's the kind of the definition, if you will, of a professional learning community. In order to do that, we have teams, um, we have structures, we have processes, we have the critical questions, uh, but really the, the P PLC is who we are as a school community or as a district community. Great explanation. So tell me about, let's put in the C in there. Tell me about the title and the inspiration for the book. I mean, I took so many of your C's from the book there. Uh, but what, you know, the title, because it, it makes you think like, hmm, you know, what's he talking about? Yeah, yeah. So the, the work came from before I was working, uh, before my dissertation. And um, I was, you know, playing around with ideas of what my dissertation should be on. And as most people do when they're in that phase. And it was on a long drive from Nebraska out to my parents' place out in Colorado. And I was sharing with my wife and I was lamenting how, you know, I was able to work with lots of principals in that particular job that I was in. And I was lamenting how there was a knowing doing gap. Yeah. And I was saying, you know, we know what it takes to build a collaborative culture, but we're not doing it. Um, kind of like, you know, I know I should exercise 30 minutes a day, but I don't do it. Right. There's that knowing doing gap. Um, or I shouldn't have that donut, but I do. Um, so, so I was lamenting and my wife kept asking me, uh, half a dozen times or more. And she kept saying, Chad, do you, how do you know that principals know what they need to do? And I just kept blowing her off saying, well, of course they know they have master's degrees or doctorates. They've been teachers themselves. Of course they know what they need to do. And finally, after her fifth or sixth time of saying, well, how do you know that they know? It occurred to me, well, maybe there's a knowing gap yeah. that we don't know what we need to do. And so that's when I started combing the literature to see, okay, is there a list of these are the things that a principal needs to know to build a collaborative environment? And nobody had compiled that. And so um, I compiled it from Todd Whitaker and Rick and Becky DeFore and Learning Forward and Michael Fullen and all, you know, all the greats and uh, identified 10 elements of what a principal needs to know to build a collaborative environment. And so that's really where it comes down. That's the, you know, the professional learning community, because we're building a, a community of learners, a collaborative environment of adults who are working to improve our practice. And you have those clearly listed in the book, and they're even on the bookmark uh, that comes yes. with the book here. Uh, and they are they are uh, uh, spot on. They're, you really hit the marks there. And let's start with the first one, Chad. Like, you know, I want to be an energetic leader. I want to be a passionate leader. I want to I want to mm -hmm. uh, uplift. But the first one here is like it's just charismatic leadership does not equal success. So let's start yeah. there, right? You could be running around doing jumping jacks and, you know, holding the flag for the school, but that might not equal success. How come? Right. Yeah. So this was, uh, so first of all, the 10 items, um, I've not found any research that says any of them are more important than any of the others. Sure. Um, in my opinion, the first one is more important than the others. Uh, and that is, like you said, charismatic leadership is not necessary for long-term success which um, for those of us who are not charismatic, um, that's kind of like a, oh, whew, I can take a breath of fresh air. You know, I don't need to be charismatic. Um, and then those who are charismatic can realize, oh, just because I've got charisma, that can't carry the day forever, right? Mm -hmm. I have mm -hmm. to do some things to make sure that we have long-term uh, success. So, um, 
so what is necessary? If charisma isn't necessary, what is necessary? And that is, um, Michael Fullan says, relationships, relationships, relationships. And so how do we go about building that? You know, it's easy to say, it's harder to do. So what do we yeah. need to know to be able to build effective relationships? And so then I provide some tips on that. And by the way, Larry, I appreciate your uh, your comments there showing up there. Thank you. Appreciate oh yeah, that. Dr. Dake, uh, um, uh, you know, definitely investing uh, his work in Binghamton. He's a fan of the program. Um, and so uh, did you do your dissertation, Chad? on plcs and like which then eventually led to the book is that is that what happened there yep so the dissertation was these 10 elements of what a principal needs to know and then the dissertation was a, a finalist for best research of pdk uh, wow. and it received best research from learning forward uh, and so then you know that was like 2010 11 somewhere around there and uh, my wife kind of said you know you should really put this in a format that somebody will actually read um <laughs> even though it's been downloaded a few thousand times i'm not sure who those people are downloading <laughs> it but uh you know i should put it in a format that people will read so then um i started messing around with it and then uh before and early on in the pandemic i said okay my wife was like chad make it happen so that's the 10 elements so the book goes through what the 10 elements are some of the research behind each of them in a readable format um some stories to bring it to life from real world examples of principles that i've worked with um and some uh, additional resources and some self-assessment tools in there yeah. as well yeah i love the uh, the stories there you call them learning in practice where you're talking about yeah. real principles and real situations and it makes it relevant, right, to you as mm -hmm. a school leader reading the book. Um, but I love this, too. You have an action book. You got like a workbook with it. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that was your wife's idea, too. I know Dawn's watching here. Dawn, thanks for all these great ideas for your, your husband here. Um, She's my uh, intellectual property developer. She's the one who spurs things on. Well, looking at these great products, you know that she's leading that. Uh, but what a great idea with the workbook there and uh, – you know, like you say, you're modeling your own professional learning. Well, you did that with the books, yeah, too, yeah, because yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. So congratulations uh, there, Chad. And um, Thank you. Now I know you're you're out on the road. You're you're out uh, uh, kind of teaching and modeling this yourself. You're doing this full time now, correct? I am. Yeah. So July 2020 decided to jump out on my own with uh, both feet into consulting full time and so um, do a lot of work with schools and districts around the country. Uh, and then a little over a year ago, um, I was graciously uh, enabled to be a, become an associate with Solution Tree as well. Uh, and then a consultant with Learning Forward and um, some other organizations I've done some work with as well. So uh, it's just been a blessing and I love uh, serving schools, building those relationships, seeing the growth of the adults and ultimately the growth of the students through that work. Yeah, making the adults better, right? Uh, uh, certainly uplifts the kids. Um, you, uh, your company here, Next Learning Solutions, uh, and and again, working the, the PLC. Uh, Chad, one of the things I want to ask you about, like your name is on here, Dr. Chad, right? Yeah, right yeah. below your name is uh, someone we've all heard here. Yes. Tell me about your relationship with Todd and and him writing the forward for you and and being a mentor and, and a friend for you. How, How'd you do that? Because he's the best of the best. He's incredible. Todd Whitaker is someone who I have had tremendous respect for for a long oh, time. Yeah. And he is one of the most generous people uh, that you'll ever meet. Uh, just with his time, with his energy, 
with his expertise and wisdom, uh, just generosity flows from uh, from Todd. And I, when I was uh, in central Nebraska doing professional development for a regional service agency, um, I was able to partner with him to bring him in and do some work with our uh, school leaders. And that just kind of, um, you know, started the relationship. And then um, he and I haven't had like a, I wouldn't say he's a, a, a close friend. Um, you know, he's not someone who I call up or anything. I don't even have his phone number, but you know, periodically I just communicate with him. And when it came time for the book, I just reached out and said, Hey, would you be willing to do this? Uh, and his generosity came through again. And, um, and that's where that amazing forward comes from. Yeah. So true. And, uh, again, model professional learning, he's modeling leadership. He's modeling and doing yes. that. Uh, yeah. kudos to you. Chad, um, you're coming into schools and, and, and uh, um, districts, right? They don't, they might not know you. How do you help try to help some of these people when you see something that is just wrong? They, they're not doing PLC, right? They're not uh, in a collaborative culture. You, you just can't come in there and start saying, Hey, this is terrible. You're doing poorly. <laughs> you know, how do you do it in a way that you're uplifting people, not making them feel bad that they're doing a terrible job? How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm, I was fortunate early on in my career uh, to be tapped to do some adult learning, leading, leading adult learning, uh, starting in Lincoln Public Schools when I was at Nickel Middle School. And I was a vocal music teacher. And oh. so uh, kind of a double whammy. Here I am, 23 years old, leading a school improvement work. And I'm not a core teacher, right? A music guy. And so I learned early on um, the importance of humility, um, that I don't know everything. Uh, I can't know everything. And so my job is to, uh, ask questions and facilitate conversations to help you get to where you want to go. Um, and that starts by building relationships. It starts by, uh, under seeking first to understand rather than be understood. Um, and then as we move through that process, then being able to share certain resources and tools that can be helpful for the school. Um, I, I'm not one to uh, gloss over glaring issues, um, but I think we, you, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Mm -hmm. And so how do we leverage the strengths of the schools and the staff within there who are moving forward? And a huge part of that is is the humility. Another huge part of that is positive presuppositions, is that I go into the work assuming that people want the best for kids. Yes. And they are doing the best that they know how. And we're just going to help them leverage what they already know to get better and uh, to meet the needs of kids. That was well said. Uh, and certainly you can tell you have a nice way going about you. My friend Ruby is here digging on her bone here. Could you not do that during the show? Uh, so <laughs> people can hear what Dr. Chad has to say. Um, yeah. And again, if you're watching the show live, please jump in with a, a question or a comment. And uh, I know Chad's going to put the, the link for uh, a book in there uh, after the show there. Um, Chad, uh, Ken Williams, Rick DeFore, again, Todd Whitaker, mentors for you. How about when you were still, uh, you know, practicing school leader? Was there was there someone that you admired or someone that, you know, kind of helped lead you to say, wow, look what they're doing in their school. I, I want to do 
some of that? And and what were some of those things that you learned from those people? Yeah. Um, so I have had good fortune to work with some pretty incredible school leaders. Um, the first one that comes to my mind uh, is John Neal. He uh, was the became the principal at Mickle Middle School in Lincoln when I was there, and then later um, went to central office. Now he's one of the assistant superintendents for Lincoln Public Schools, mm. and um, he's he's someone who his he your listeners and you are no doubt familiar with the book Good to Great by Jim Collins, right? And how he identified um, organizations that have had long-term success. And this organizations that had long-term success had what he referred to as level five leaders. And those level five leaders combined two very unique and interesting qualities. One is an uh, intense professional will and a strong personal humility. Mm. And John Neal had both of those, an intense personal professional drive and a strong personal uh, humility. Still does. He still does. I shouldn't speak of him in the past tense. He still does. And so you don't, I just lose, learned, you don't lose those things. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, and still to this day, whenever I engage with him, I'm just like blown away at how, um, how he has that professional drive and that strong humility. And then I also got to work with another person who combined those. He was the superintendent of schools in Hastings, Nebraska, Craig Kautz. Um, who also just embodied that sense of uh, we-ness um, and togetherness. And we're going to approach these challenges. And it, when he said to me, when I was first hired, he said, Chad, if you can do this work here, you can do it anywhere. Mm. Uh, high poverty, high diversity, um, eighth lowest um, property value for student uh, per student in the state of Nebraska. So low funding from the state. If you can get student learning to high levels here, you can do it anywhere. And and we were able to get five out of seven schools as national models wow. um, during that time. And so um, just that those two characteristics in those two people really taught me a lot. Yeah. And that was beautifully said, uh, an intense professional will and a strong personal humility. Really, uh, that's a that's a great balance for a leader there. Chad, let me ask you, uh, again, these books are great. I highly recommend. Uh, this is my summer reading here. I've read about half of it, but I got a bad picture. Let's put the C in PLC. You've kind of reinvigorated my spirit for professional learning communities. How did you how did you physically do the book? You have your children a little bit older. Um, so many people ask me about, you know, what was my technique? How did I sit down and, and write a book? So Will you share some 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 tips there, some strategies, as well as maybe some pitfalls you had actually writing the book? So I actually started writing it somewhere around 2014 and 15 um, and got good chunks of it, quote unquote, done, um, but didn't finish all of it. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of languished until um, just before and early on in the pandemic of 2020. Um, and then, so I picked it back up. Um, so for me picking it back up, then it was like, oh, this, you know, if, that's a nice long time for it to, to sit and marinate. Right. And then you find out, oh, this, this doesn't make sense, or this needs to be clarified or, oh, there's a story I remember that will go along with this. Um, and then it just was a lot of hard work. 
of just sitting down at the computer and writing every day, um, 500 to a thousand words and just like not stopping, just getting this thing done, um, getting out to other people for, for other sets of eyes, looking at it. Um, yeah. And then for, for me, the 10 chapters, there's actually 11 chapters, but the, the, the 10 plus one chapters just kind of, it, it came from the dissertation, right? The 10 elements. Yeah. So that just worked really nicely. And then there, there's an 11th chapter that's a call to action. Um, so I don't know if that's helpful at all or not, uh, in terms of the writing process for me. Yeah. And I mean, it was in the morning. Did you set a timer or did you sit at a desk? Like, did you go to a coffee shop? Literally, like, how'd you do it? That's, that's the question people ask me. Oh, my kids are running uh, around. I got, you know. Yeah. So for me, it was at the dining room table. We've got a sit-in kitchen where we always eat. And then the dining room table where we rarely eat. So it was at the dining room table. Um, yeah. First thing in the morning for me, I'm fresh in the morning. And yeah. uh, I'm typically in my office by 7.30 and going at it. Um, and then probably by 9 or 9.30, I'm taking a pretty significant break from it and then doing some other things and coming back to it then later in the afternoon after lunch. Uh, if I'm home and not having meetings, I'd like to take a little siesta right after my, uh, my lunch and uh, then get right back at it. You know, I, maybe it's the sleeping and the waking up and it's all fresh again. Uh, I don't know, but my kids are both at university. So uh, I don't have that issue, uh, which is really a blessing. I don't know how I would have done it when they were younger, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. And they we're grateful for, for the time they allow us to do that. Yeah. Um, again, if you are watching the show live, jump in. If you're watching this on uh, record afterwards, certainly jump in uh, uh, and leave a, uh, a question for Chad uh, or myself. Chad, how about now? You're on the road. You're presenting for people. You want to be at your best uh, tomorrow. What are some things that you do to sharpen your saw and bring your best self uh, when you present? Yeah. So uh, the first thing I do is I've got my own made up rule that another consultant shared with me. And I thought that's a good rule. I'm going to put it in place. So when I'm there, I'm traveling to a gig like today. Um, I work on the flight. Uh, so I've got my books and I'm reading my books. I'm working on presentations. I'm doing whatever. Uh, and then on the way home, that's when I can sit back and watch movies or listen to music or whatever. Um, many times I work on the way home too, but I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't slip into that on the way to uh, my work. Um, and so that really is fantastic, you know, like, so for today I had a two hour flight where I was able to really read and do some things that I don't necessarily take the time to do when I'm at home. Um, so for instance, I'm reading, uh, Ken Williams book, Ruthless Equity, yeah. which shameless plug to anybody out there. If you haven't gotten Ruthless Equity, you need it. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, will knock your socks off. Maybe one of the top 10 books of all time, in my opinion, in education, wow. really, really wow. good. Yeah. Uh, Ken just sent it to me. We got him coming on the program. So awesome. Awesome. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's kind of like, that's, that's like my sharpening the size on the way to where I'm going. That's where I'm reading and paying attention. And then um, just every day, you know, like Twitter, uh, some people say like, you're on Twitter. Yeah, I learn like probably 90% of my professional learning comes from Twitter, following yeah. people like you, yeah. um, Ken Williams, Mike Mattis. I mean, there's just like some key people who if you follow 
uh, quality folks, you're going to get quality stuff in your timeline. Bill Ferreter comes to my mind. Uh, yeah, just some really great people. Yeah. And how about how about physically? Are you are you up in the morning exercising? Are you eating certain foods? Are there things that you're doing physically to make sure you're taking care of yourself as well? Yeah, so I'm usually at, at work in my office by 730 uh, most days. Um, typically, if the weather's nice, my wife will come in around 930 and 10, say, hey, you want to go for a walk? So we'll go for a nice little walk. Uh, middle of the afternoon or evening, I'll go for a walk again. I'm not a, an intense exercise kind of guy. Um, I'm just a kind of go for a nice 30, 40 minute walk kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. Uh, with, with food when I'm traveling, I fast a lot actually. Um, oh. and that, that I think helps with keeping metabolism active. Um, and, um, when I'm home, lots of fruits and vegetables, I consider myself a, uh, opportunivore. So, you know, whatever <laughs> opportunity food presents itself, then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take advantage of that. But when I, when I travel, I tend to fast quite a bit. I have not heard that an opportunity <laughs> when you're on the road, there's a lot of opportunity there, but I know, you know, one of your hobbies, like you do like to garden and, uh, and cooking and, you know, not just eating food, but eating good food, yeah. right? The, the right yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. it is so enriching, uh, especially when, you know, it's home, home vegetables and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And barbecue. I, I love ribs and people who follow me on Twitter and Facebook, they'll know that I've, I, I've got a, a rib fanatic. And actually on my blog this month, I just started a section called, uh, the rib review. Ooh. So, uh, so if people are interested in finding out where some of the best ribs around the country are, my blog is, um, is, is going to be featuring those best ribs. I, we will have to uh, pay closer attention there. Give us, where can people <laughs> find that? I usually end with that, but while we're on it, where, where would people find that? Because summertime, I'm, I'm, I got some traveling yep. going on. I, I need to know this. Yep. Uh, so my website and it's scrolling across the bottom there, nextlearningsolutions.com. And then uh, the name of my blog is at the top. It's uh, Leadership Matters is the name of my blog. And who would have thought you'd write about ribs on there? Nobody <laughs> would have thought. You know, it actually, see, this is my wife again. She said, you know, you're always having ribs. Maybe you should do a rib review. And uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to rate them like on a, you know, five rib scale, you know, five ribs, four ribs, three ribs, you know, instead of stars. But uh, I got to figure out like what kind of a graphic would go can can happen in my website so that I can I rate things it. on a rib scale, you know, and, and trying to figure out, you know, do you like right now it's just like overall, but maybe I need to get like more sophisticated, like, you know, does this need sauce or not? And what about the tenderness and the taste? And I don't know, whatever other characteristics you should rate ribs on. I don't know. I need Mrs. Dumas to jump in the chat here and start to give some real insight. I mean, you have referenced your wife here probably six, seven times. We know she runs the operation. I need some comments from your wife here to uh, zing you while you're live on the show. Um, so you're in Houston. You're there for two days. Like, are you going to find a rip joint? Like, is you are you searching that out? Your opportunity? I, I think I am. You know, I, I was I was sitting on the fence whether or not I was going to fast tonight. But now that we're talking about this, I think when we're done with this call, I'm going to be seeing what kind of uh, barbecue joints are nearby. That's for sure. <laughs> now, when you say fast, like I, I you know, I, I'm I'm working on inter intermittent fasting. What? Well, yep. uh, yeah. You know, I, uh, Michael Hines here in Long Island. He, I cut out my morning meal. I try not to eat until about eight thirty nine. 
but you're saying like you're not eating dinner like fasting like you're not you know yeah 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 typically i'll have I, typically i won't have breakfast uh and i'll have lunch 11 30 or 12 or something like that and then many times i'll i'll just go right through supper and not not have supper wow that's impressive yeah. wow well chad this this was fun man I, I got some new terms here i'm going to be reading the rib <laughs> review uh i have heard good to great many times i have not read it i am um I'm going to do that here. Uh, I loved what you had said there about the level five leaders. But what was something uh, that you wanted to talk about that I did not ask you about? Uh, that's a good question. Something that. Hmm, here I lean in and my face gets really yeah, big on the screen. I, I like probably that. shouldn't do that, should I? Um, and your you wife seconds that you're telling the truth here, that she's the boss lady and she <laughs> is uh, fantastic. So, yes, Mrs. Dumas. Yep. Yes, Dawn. Thank you. Yep. She's, she's on it. You know, I didn't really come on with any expectations or agenda of saying, Hey, I, I want to make sure that I talk about X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, I was pretty open to what you wanted to talk about. So, yeah. Well, Hey, I mean, we hit the marks. I wanted to talk about the C's here, uh, in, in the PLC and, uh, that collaborative culture. Um, and it's something that every building leader wants to, um, but I, I, I think the book is great. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to reading the second half. And then, like you say, putting it into practice, right? We might know yeah. what to do, but it's actually doing it. And uh, uh, I'll be re reinvigorated here for September. So, all right. Well, you're in Houston and you got this gig tomorrow. Do you lead with some opening? Uh, you know, what is your lead there when you'll be presenting to kind of bring that audience in, bring that group in that you're going to meet tomorrow? So tomorrow I will um, probably lead with the idea that uh, we as educators are the profession that creates all other professions. Without us, there are no doctors, there's no lawyers, there's no uh, plumbers, electricians, there's no educators. Yeah. We are the foundation of an ever advancing civilization. And it's hard. And if it's if the pandemic has taught us one thing, it's taught us that we can't do it alone. Yes. And so, um, and then, then we'll, we'll go into our work from there. So that's probably something along those lines. Okay. All right, Chad. Well, I know you got ribs calling. Let's get to rapid fire. I want to have some big right. 10 talk here. These are uh, quick uh, questions uh, and quick answers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Last book you do we read. Have a, we should have a timer counting down. I would like to add that. Larry, <laughs> if you're still watching, give us a quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Last book you read. Ruthless Equity by Ken Williams. Yes. That's like, I can't wait to have him on. Last movie you saw. Thor, yesterday. Four? Thor. Oh, the, Thor. The god, oh, okay. the god oh, yeah, Thor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Thor, love and something or other, yeah. Happy with that? My my guy like my it. son likes that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Your favorite dish? I know you talked about ribs. There is that is that is that the one? Well, you know, I would say ribs or falafel. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you're traveling now to Houston. Where's Where's one of your favorite places to travel? Favorite place is Israel. Hmm. They got some falafel there, don't they? 
They got some falafel there. You see the connection. <laughs> uh, I know you uh, write a blog. I know you subscribe to Education, Leadership, and Beyond. But what's a journal or a, uh, a blog that you subscribe to that you would recommend? Uh, well, first of all, yours. Uh, I love it. It's short. It's sweet. It's to the point. It's every week. And kudos to you for doing it weekly. That's uh, right, impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I subscribe to the Journal of Staff Development is one of the main journals. I learn a ton from them. Is that a, a subscription based one? Yep. It's from learning forward. Oh. Former, they were, they used to be called the national staff development council. Yeah. Now, uh, learning forward. Yes. So I mean, I you write, actually called... yeah, you write so much about the importance of staff meeting, staff development in the book. You could tell you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's great. Oh, I might check that out. Cool. Uh, a go-to stress reliever. A go-to stress reliever is uh, I love movies. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. It take, yeah. uh, takes you away a little bit, right? It it does, yes. Yeah, I you know speaking of the blog, I just wrote about uh, the the Rocket Man, the, the Elton John movie. You know, writing songs, the way his creative process, and the, I watched that on a plane. Uh, uh, you know, just to kind of take my mind off things. Uh -huh. yeah. I need to do that. I haven't watched that one. I need to. Oh, oh. I didn't know how, yeah, he's got some uh, trauma there with, uh, and the addiction. I didn't know how bad mm -hmm. it was, but Rocket Man, I highly recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. A pet peeve of yours, something that gets under your skin. So a pet peeve of mine, um, I don't know if it is much anymore uh, since I'm not in a school anymore, but a pet peeve when I was in a school was when people would um, go around you to try to do what they wanted rather than have a conversation. Mm. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Give me a recent victory. Um, doing this work, the ability to do it for a living and to support my family and serve humanity in this way. Yeah. You know, Chad, I could tell that about the way you wrote some of this pre-interview stuff about the inspiration that you're feeling from doing that but after talking to you more you really can tell that you've uh you're doing the right work thank you it, yeah it feels good that's for sure yeah yeah and it comes out in your communication so all right let's talk a little big 10 who is your all right the biggest corn husker for you who's your your mo you know the most famous corn husker well hands down tommy frazier mid 90s he won two, he should have won three national championships. Uh, yeah, best of all time. He's uh, the GOAT. Tell me about the state of the Big Ten. <laughs> Expanding. <laughs> it's kind of like the uh, the Lord of the Rings. You know, there will be one ring to rule them all. I think there may be one uh, conference to rule them all in the near future. <laughs> yeah, and it's called the Big Ten. Now that you're in Iowa, looking looking across uh, over at uh, uh, Nebraska, there how how are you how are you viewing uh, Nebraska now that you're not there anymore? Is it different looking through a different lens in in the you know the the Hawkeye State there? You know, I have just, I've always been a Husker fan. And even when I lived overseas, was a huge Husker fan. And so, no, it, uh, what's interesting to me uh, is uh, the, the Iowa Hawkeye fans that I know really despise Nebraska. Uh, and uh, that's interesting to me. I've never felt uh, that same feeling towards any other team except Oklahoma. Uh, so that's always interesting to me to, to pick that up from folks. 
Well, hopefully you're safe where you are. In, yeah, in I'm Iowa. in Cyclone Country. I'm in Ames with Iowa State, so uh, we're we're good in Cyclone yeah, okay. Country. <laughs> when I hear when I hear Tom Osborne, I think fill in the blank. Uh, humble, um, kind, um, great coach, great coach, great person. Yeah, yeah, they got his name on the stadium. Yeah, yeah, Tom Osborne Field. <laughs> That's it, man. At 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, I feel fill in the blank. Relaxed. Mm. I'm with you on that. Best purchase under a hundred bucks that has had a great impact on your life. So I'm glad you shared these questions with me in advance because that one I had to think about. Mm. Uh, and then when I remembered, I was like, oh, of course. So you know those um, I think they're called bullets where you yeah. put uh, like fruit and stuff in it to make yeah. a fruit smoothie. And yeah. then you turn it upside down and it zaps it all together to make your smoothie. Amazing. We got a bunch of those uh, actually at Dillard's. They were doing a clearance and they're like, I don't know, 80 bucks regularly. And we got them for 15. Come on. So we bought, we bought one for all my family members. I mean, we, we bought like 10 of them and uh, kept one for ourselves. And we did that like, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, still going strong and wow. make a smoothie just about every day. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and you drink it right out of the thing. Straight out of the thing. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, there's no extra dirty dishes at all. I love it. I'm going to skip the barbecue question because I know what the answer is going to be. Um, but if I'm to visit your hometown, where are you taking me? I would take you to where I grew up, which is mm. Old McDonald Nursery School. My mm. parents um, built the, the house in the shape of a barn. Oh, wow. And the second floor was where we lived. And the first floor was the nursery school. And uh, so it's a great place out there in North Platte, Nebraska. Home of Buffalo Bill. Home of Buffalo Bill. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Two words to describe yourself. This is a new question here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Two words to describe yourself. Passionate. And then um, can I make this one um, hyphenated? It's your show, Chad. You got it. All right. Service-oriented. Mm. Yeah, nice. Something that you're curious about. I'm curious about how we as a society can learn to listen to each other. Mm. We got to do a better job with that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we've got uh, a lot of soliloquies happening and nobody's, everybody's talking past each other. Well, let's keep modeling that, and I'm working on that myself. Something about Chad Dumas that people do not know about. Something about me that they don't know about. Well, that's a good – I thought about that this morning when I saw these questions. Now I'm not remembering what I was thinking. Hmm. Can we come back to it? You can, man. We'll bring it back to the chat. We'll have to have you back on. Um and speaking of, you know, you touched on your website there. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Chad? They want to they want to hire you. They want to learn more about the book. They want to get you on a podcast. How, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So my website, yeah, nextlearningsolutions.com or uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, Chad Dumas. Uh, I must have gotten on Twitter early enough because there's no underscores. There's no numbers, nothing. It's just Chad Dumas. Man. Um, so there you go. No, keep just one S at the end and you'll be fine. <laughs> 
Chad, I'm a quote guy. I love quotes. Uh, and I love the one you shared about your, your mentor there. Um, how about a quote to end us here on the show? So one of my favorite quotes, and my wife had it uh, made into a beautiful piece of art, and mm. it's in the back behind my uh, desk in my office. And it says, let each morn be better than its eve, and each morrow richer than its yesterday. Wow. Say that one more time. Let each morn be better than its eve, and each morrow richer than its yesterday. I'm going to have your wife on the program here. She 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 brought all the good stuff to that. <laughs> She's pretty amazing. You're just a vessel for her information. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Dawn, uh, he, he did good, Dawn. I, I, I want to sign off. I got to finish my summer reading. Uh, check out his book, Chad Dumas here. Let's put the C in PLC, A Practical Guide for School Leaders. Uh, Chad, best spot to get this is on Amazon, and, and can you get it at Next Learning Solutions as well? Yep, it'll take you straight over to Amazon, but you can go either way, yep. And if you're lucky enough, you can get an autographed copy here like uh, I got here. So, uh, Chad, this was a lot of fun. I wish you the best of luck uh, in your presentation tomorrow. Uh, Chad Dumas, everybody, here on Education Leadership Beyond. Yeah, Dawn, we're going to have to get you on here too because uh, we know you're the magic behind the curtain, so. Uh, that's Chad's wife. Um, Chad, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. My pleasure. Thank you so very much for having me. Have a good All rest right. of the week. You stay on the line a second. We're going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. I know Chad wants to look good tomorrow. Particle Face Cream is our sponsor here. That code, again, is AMARATA20, A-M-A-R-O-T-T-A-20. Check them out. It makes your face feel great uh, and, and certainly look good. Uh, we're going to sign off here on Education Leadership Beyond, show number 216. If I can help you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out at Andrew Murata 21 uh, Chad, best of luck, and uh, keep rolling on your PLC journey. Thank you, sir. All right, stay on the line. Take care, everyone. Keep surviving and thriving.